In our ongoing efforts to educate and communicate, we feature our healthcare providers in conversation on Shepherd Center Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. People are sexual beings by nature, and sexuality is not just about the physical act of sexual intercourse, but also includes emotional, intellectual, social aspects, and other forms of sexual expression. Spinal cord injury may alter certain physical and emotional aspects, but in spite of this, there are still many ways that a person can express their sexuality. My guest today is Mina Hong. She's a peer support manager in the Transition Support Program at Shepherd Center. Welcome to the show, Mina. So tell us a little bit about spinal cord injury and what sexual functions are typically lost or gained during spinal cord injury? Uh, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity. And, and when you talk about spinal cord injury, there's lots of different levels. And so depending on what level of injury that your injury occurred, um, that's where the deficit would be. And if it's a complete injury, that's Whatever your level of injury is, whether it's in the cervical, thoracic, or, you know, lumbar or sacral, anything below that injury uh, doesn't communicate well. So for an average person, if they have a level below the injury of their waist, per se, they may have some sexual function back, some may not, it may be impaired, so it's all of the above. And there's no black and white lines in that, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense, and we certainly know that it does depend on the type of spinal cord injury. But in general, when you're working with people, let's start with the emotional factors, because I imagine that they feel like right away this is something they're never going to be able to experience again. How do you work with spinal cord injury patients and their loved ones to let them know there's still stuff out there they can do? And, you know, with spinal cord injury, if you look at the population of people that get injured, they're relatively young. This is not an old person's injury. And so a lot of the, if you look at statistics, um, the most common level of injury is around C6 and C7, which means that you may have a little bit of finger dexterity potentially, and that's, that's the most common level of injury. And the most common age level is around their 20s. So, you know, during those years, I think sexuality is a huge component of uh, one's being. And it is a huge thing. And one of the things that we hear patients say over and over again is, it's true, I can't move my legs, but can I get a heart on? I mean, that's one of those things that comes up over and over and over again, because sexuality is such a huge part of our uh, individuality, our life, uh, you know, and all of that good stuff. Because having a fully realized life, a lot of it includes sexuality. And in that, um, that is a huge problem that we have. And yes, is it different? Absolutely, it's different. You know, we can't deny the elephant in the room. So what's more important is how do we explore into the different parts of our bodies at work to make sexuality more interesting and exciting? And and that is the million-dollar question. And at the front end, most people don't want to hear that because we're used to what we know. And to kind of rethink what sexuality is, it's hard for some people, especially the younger folks, when they're used to doing something and doing it really, really well. And now we're saying, hey, there's a shifting of the paradigm. You can't do it this way anymore, but there's some other opportunities of doing it. And they may not be up to it, you know, especially in the front end. And so all of those things are true. 
How do you get them to realize this and speak about the other things that they can do? Is this an uncomfortable conversation or are they pretty open to discussing it because it's so important? It's a combo platter. I think in the beginning they may not want to have a conversation about it. And, you know, with rehabs, they're not in here for a two-day or a three-day. Usually a patient's inpatient stay is around 50, 50 days. So within that time, lots of conversation is had. And, you know, education is a huge component of spinal cord injury because it's emotional, it's psychological, it's physical, it affects you, and it impacts all the people that love you. And it may include your partner because they may have to do things a little bit differently too. So it's a question that comes up. If it doesn't, they're thinking about it. But within Shepherd Center, we have a, a class that deals with sexuality. And again, during that time, lots of information is given uh, in terms of how to do it in a creative way, along with different um, uh, things that are available for them, such as uh, different enhancements, medications. It could be oral injection um, and so on and so forth. So all of those are put into its context. And again, it's not to make sexuality be the same, because physically, it will be different. And I'd be lying to you if I say it's the same. But what's wonderful is that different doesn't mean it's worse. Different just means it's different. And it's uh, a way of embracing that and working with that that becomes really, really important. And figuring out what your sensitivities are, because it changes. You know, like, for example, if somebody is newly injured, their sensation above their injury, right above their injury, it's much more sensitive than it was before, so maybe you can utilize that in one of your sexual plays or what have you. So you kind of have to think about it differently and be open enough to explore, dive with the curiosity and interest to make sexuality exciting and new. How do you help them use their senses, their sight and sound and touch and smell, to enlighten their sexual experience and their sexual pleasure, even if they can't get an erection or have an orgasm? And along that, Mina, how do you help them to pleasure their loved one as well? Because it's got to go both ways. It's absolutely. Communication is the key, and that's no different than it was before. But, you know, one of the things that we do is uh, the messenger has to be correct. I think with the department in which I work in, um, we speak the language and we sort of, no pun intended, we walk the walk. And so by using personal experiences, I think it really helps them out, too, to look at things a little bit differently. You know, do you need positioning aids? You know, if they complain about, oh, God, I can't lift you know, or I can't do a certain kind of positioning, they need to know that there's options for them so they could be creative. And if they're missing a component or sensitivity or lack of grip or what have you, there are things that are available out there. And our goal is to say one size does not fit all. These are many, many ways of handling this situation. It's up to you to take the information that's given to you and make it your own. As it is in the bedroom, you know, I don't think any two people have sex the same way. So our goal and our job here is to kind of let them know that there's no one way of doing something, but one of these things may work for you. And if you learn something new from it, share it with us so we can pass it on. Because this is a huge topic. And it's different. Again, you know, I can't emphasize how sometimes different it is, but isn't it different every time you have a new partner, 
do you know what I mean? Or as we age, sexuality becomes different, or sexuality can become mundane if you're with the same person all the time, and then you have to kind of recreate the, the mood or that. And it's similar to that. And more than anything else, you have to have the communication open. You have to have a little bit of humor and the openness and the willingness to experiment. I'm glad you mentioned the word humor because I think that that's probably a big part of that emotional communication and dealing with all of the mental aspects that go along with sexuality with spinal cord injury. Now, Mina, what about with women? If they have no feeling, you know, below the waist, Mm but their partner, men, you know, they can do whatever it is they want to do as long as the woman is like letting them and up for it. So how do you work with partners in that case to say, well, you got to make sure that she is enjoying it as well. So if the woman has the spinal cord injury, um, there are a lot of things that are similar to was what, because women are, you know, we don't have to have an erection to have wonderful sex because we don't have it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And so the other thing is whatever you lack in in sensation, you can absolutely supplement. For instance, visualizing things are very, very important. You know, so, and then actually having that communication with your partner to say, this feels good, that feels good, try this. You know, maybe we can wedge and have a different positioning that would be more comfortable for both of us. And a lot of people think, oh, my God, am I going to hurt you? No, we're not like, you know, you know how you bring a new baby home and you think, oh, my God, you know, am I going to hurt this child or not? It's not like that. You know, we don't break. We don't break. So I think people with spinal cord injury, uh, we're not that fragile. And I think that's kind of a fear that people have, and that's a misnomer. And, you know, absolutely, you should be in good shape, uh, do your stretches, and you need to take care of your personal things, like, you know, number one and number two, like anyone else would. And again, you know, be the authentic you and, be, have, and have the, the sense and the know-how to know what you like and what you don't like and have that open communication and the ability to take some risks. In just the last minute, Mina, if you Mm -hmm. would, give the listeners your very best advice about sexuality with spinal cord injury and why they should come to the Shepherd Center for their spinal cord injury rehabilitation. Well, one of the things that we do at Shepherd Center, it's a comprehensive rehabilitation, so we try to do our very best to cover all ends. And one of the things that we have available are lots of people that have rehab from Shepherd Center that actually do give back. And that's in term not only emotion, but physical support. So, for instance, if you had a specific need, and uh, if that need could not be met through a therapist, and if wanted to speak to somebody with similar situations, peer support comes in. I may not meet that need, but there are lots and lots of people that I, that I can contact that can give that specific information, whether it's sexuality or anything else. And again, you know, our services don't end when you discharge from the hospital. We're open to make sure that their needs are met after on because life goes on after spinal cord injury, and Shepherd Center is a jumping point. We want people to fly after they leave the hospital. We want this to be a starting jumping point. Thank you so much. What great information. You're listening to Shepherd Center Radio. And for more information, you can go to shepherd.org. That's shepherd.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.